Okay, and we are back to continue our discussion in Exodus. Yes. How we are, are you? Fine. How are you? Good. It's Good. Get, yes. It's getting hot here. Holy Moses, it is. Yes. Uh, 2020, I think we could all declare as the craziest year in, well, not in mankind, but in a long time. Yes. Very much so. And I wanted to ask you something. And we didn't discuss this before, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I was just wondering if there's any advice you could give everyone from a biblical standpoint on how to deal with all the kind of craziness that's going on and may even be down the road that we don't even know about. I would, if if it was me, because I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. And I just put my faith in God. And, and that's hard for some people. That took a long time, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I've i been a believer forever, but I don't think I had my faith forever. And I think that, you know, you just hear everything on the news and everything, but if you remember that God is in charge, not, not man, mm-hmm. not any man, Regardless if you're a Democrat, Republican, your color, your race, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The person in charge is God. He's allowing this to happen. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for all of this to happen. And we just have to be still and know that he is God. Be still. And, you know, there's, there's songs you can look up. There's... Quotes. If you look in the back of your Bible, you could look up anxiety, stress, and it will give you mm-hmm. things to do. But um, that's that's just what I would do. Just hold on to that. Be still and know that I am God. How about you? Yeah, well, you know, it was something. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll be honest. Because we live about five minutes away from a shopping center I and mean, yes. we're right near a shopping center and a few days ago things could have easily gotten out of hand there were protesters there and i respect that but things could have gotten out of hand yes and i i did have that worry the group of folks could have easily kind of come this way and the mayhem could have spread over to us and that had me worried but then it's like no god's in charge so you do have to remember he he's in charge of all of this. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. Be prepared. Don't yes. be don't I mean, you know Yeah, you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared. Yeah. But uh you know, he he is the one that's letting all this happen. Absolutely. Don't yeah. know why, but Right. And we may not know why yeah. until we leave Earth. We will not we may not. We have to and we have to come to grips with that. You know? Mm-hmm. There's many things we won't know why until we leave here. But if we're not on earth, we're in the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that is that really that bad? Yeah. You know. And you know what else has, has helped is I would get frustrated because I would see so much, you know, I don't watch the news, but on Twitter I would see little videos and I would get frust- very frustrated because, you know, people's lives are being destroyed yes. and stuff. And people's lives are being lost as well. And it's very easy to get just so angry at those individuals. But it's like, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that these 
lost individuals because I believe they are lost. Yes. Find their way. Right. You know, and hopefully down the road that will be their journey is that they, they find the Lord and, you know, and things will be okay with them. But just right now they're lost. They're lost. Yep. And that's what we have to pray for, for Mm -hmm. them. There's reason for everything. Some of it's terrible. Well, we think it's terrible, but if it helps them come to God and they're saved for eternity, then it's very hard. It is. It is, yes. It is. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about regarding that? No, I just agree with you completely. Oh. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's let's continue then. And I know you have our lovely prayer before we begin. Yes, okay. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I'm studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. Amen. Amen. Very nice. Thank you. We are just talking about Exodus chapter 12 today. Yes. The Passover and then the beginning of the Exodus from Egypt. Um, Now to recap chapters 5 through 11, uh, the Lord had told Moses what to say to the Pharaoh so he would let his people go. If you remember, he kept going back and forth. Yes. But the Pharaoh would not listen. Uh, Even after nine plagues had devastated Egypt. I can't believe it. Yes. Nine plagues. Gosh. And that's essentially what we talked about. Yeah. In in 5 through 11 were all those plagues. All the plagues. So starting with chapter 12. Now, in, in to start, in our notes, it said certain holidays were instituted by God himself. Passover was a holiday designed to celebrate Israel's deliverance from Egypt and to remind the people of what God had done. So I thought that was a nice little way yes. to start it off. It is, yes. Um, the Lord told Aaron and Moses specifically what his plan was and how the Israelites were to take part and obey. And then it kind of broke down what was going to happen. Yep. So I thought we could go down that list. Um, each household was to, to take a lamb for their family or share one with your neighbor on the 10th day. And didn't it have to do with like how many people were in your house? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, the animal was to be a year old male without defect. On the 14th day, the Israelites must slaughter their animal at twilight. So there's very specific rules. So God's starting to kind of, to kind of train their minds a little bit and make them see that you're going to have to do certain things. Yes. Yep. Um, Then you must take some of the blood from the animal and put it on the tops and sides of the house's door frames. So even if, Boy, even if you're not familiar with the Bible, I think if you've just seen like anything, any like Prince of Egypt or yes, or, you know, Ten Commandments, you remember that scene. Yes, for sure. Um, 
Now, is there anything you wanted to talk about right there? No. Now, this, no. I'm good with you. Okay. I'm right where you're at. Okay. Now, I found a website called walkingtogetherministries.com, mm-hmm. and I will leave that link in um, in the notes and on Facebook. And it said, we simply cannot read of the blood on the doorposts without realizing what God was doing. He was even now beginning to draw their minds and hearts towards certain images and concepts. Judgment, wrath, blood, blood covering, protection for those covered by the blood, etc. Here is the gospel in signs and images and symbols. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Because it's not just like what's on the page, you know, it's, it's more than that. It's symbolic. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Just like the blood of Christ covers us, covers our sins. Mm -hmm. This is covering to keep them, you know. Yes. Going to keep the firstborn safe. Yes. It seems like everything in the Bible, it just has such a meaning. There's just such a story behind everything that's written. And it's and even if you if you read through everything a couple times, yes, you'll still find something else. Or if you search for more information about a certain passage, it's like, oh my gosh, I never looked at it that way. Yeah, it's neat. It's amazing. Yes. Um, now that same night, they were to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast or mm-hmm. unleavened. Right. Now, Amy, you know, I am no baking expert. Right. So, is an unleavened bread, like, would an example be like a pita bread? Probably, yeah, with no yeast. Like, it's not going to rise. So, it's just like a flat bread. Right. And they did that because they could get it done quickly. Okay. And um, it, it, so they could leave quickly. Like, if they, they were always ready, like, to go. They were always ready to get ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it even says in our notes, I think, that. Let me find it. Boy, even uh, even later on when we get farther yes. into Exodus. That's right. Because I remember we yeah. kind of not joke about it. But we were like, oh, they're always going. They're always ready to be yes. ready to go. Yeah. It said, unleavened bread can be made quickly because the dough did not have, did not have to rise. Thus... They could leave at any time, just at the drop of a hat. Mm. So if it's a leavened bread, it has to rise, take time, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. It's just amazing. Because wasn't there a part in in this section where, um, like, the women would wrap it up in, like, clothing so they could just take it with them? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then there were, uh, there were further rules they had to adhere to must eat the head legs and inner parts of the animal if any part of the animal is left over it must be burned and you know in the united states when you say oh my gosh you have to eat the head yeah but in the in europe and stuff it isn't really that uncommon no that's just what you do i mean i know in Armenian culture, I don't know if I would try it, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you right. and say, oh, let's have part of that brain. Yeah. But it is fairly it's, common. You use the entire animal. Right. Yeah. And I know that my son that that hunts, you know, he watches, like, videos and stuff where they they get the pig's head and then they, they fold the ears in and the brain's in there and 
the cheeks, like everything. They just take all the bone out and then they wrap it and they cook it. And this is like in New York delis and stuff. And then they say that's the best part. Okay. Like the skin and everything. And this is from old times they did it, you know, and it's been carried on in these old delis and stuff. And they would, he has the names of them and everything. And, you know, it's so sad that that's been lost. It is. And you, know? I, you hope that it, there are traditions that are passed down. Yeah. But think about it. Let's let's be real honest. If we lived in a culture where food was scarce. Right. Okay. And we had a lamb. Yeah. You are darn tootin' that you're going to eat every part of that animal that you can. Yes. You have to. You do. Um my family was from Russia and um I have this book and it talks about when they would kill a animal mm-hmm. and what was the children and everyone had to help and what went on in the kitchen and at the end they took all the blood and wrapped it in the intestines and made blood sausage. Oh, yes. I can't even imagine eating a blood sausage. But like yeah, you're saying, yeah, and they loved it. Like, but you would use every single thing. I think blood sausage is more common in the states. Do you do you think every nationality probably has that? I th- you know what because listen, I'm no expert, but I've seen like. My husband watches a lot of cooking shows. They There's a decent amount of blood sausages being made. Okay. I think more often than like brain dishes right. or head dishes. Yeah. I think the blood sausage is just more common. Right. But okay. I, who, yeah, I guess I'd, yeah. if I had to, absolutely. But yeah, I guess I'd try it. Yeah. All right, and you know, those Alaska shows, those people eat every bit of, like you're saying. You have to. You don't have, you, I mean, it's not like, hey. We're going to just eat the steaks. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have a hunk of ice for yeah, dinner. How spoiled we are. We are, really. I mean, it's it's kind of selfish. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. You know, or people who live in areas um, where there are a lot of, like, whatever, deer, yeah. uh, whatever they hunt. And it's like, you know what? If you're hunting the animal, you kill the animal. You cut up the different parts, and like that's your food. Yeah, what's wrong? I don't see what's wrong with that. Some people give them grief, but it's like, what if you're feeding your family? What's the big deal? I'm right there with you. I agree. And and how I think that's wonderful Mm -hmm. that you can do that and eat on all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see anything. I think that's great. Yeah, you know, so. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, and then um, you must eat with your cloak tucked into your belt, sandals on your feet, and staff in hand. You had to be ready. Yeah. (laughs) And eat in haste. Yeah. Before we forget, that meal we just spoke about was the Passover meal. I'm sure everybody knows that, though. No, but that's good to say. Yeah, that was the Passover meal. Mm -hmm. I didn't... I'm sure everybody knows that, but I thought I'd just say it. No, no, no. It's always yeah. good to remind everybody because so there was the Passover meal and then there was the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Right. Okay. Now, did you have notes in that area? Um, no, I really didn't. I didn't really have any. I just had that whole meal marked down, you know. Okay. Just what you spoke of. Okay. Now, I had a few notes. Um, for the Israelites to be spared from the plague of death, 
A lamb with no defects had to be killed and its blood placed on the door frames of each home. What was the significance of the lamb? In killing the lamb, the Israelites shed innocent blood. The lamb was a sacrifice, a substitute for the person who would have died in the plague. From this point on, the Hebrew people would clearly understand that for them to be spared from death, an innocent life had to be sacrificed in their, in their place. And then the following note, it kind of expands on that idea. Okay. The feast of the Passover was to be an annual holiday in honor of the night when the Lord passed over the homes of the Israelites. The Hebrews followed God's instructions by placing the blood of a lamb on the doorframes of the homes. That night, the firstborn son of every family who did not have blood on the doorframes was killed. The lamb had to be killed in order to get the blood that would protect them. This foreshadowed the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, who gave his blood for the sins of all people. Inside their homes, the Israelites ate a meal of roast lamb, bitter herbs, and bread made without yeast. Unleavened bread could be made quickly because the dough did not have to rise. Thus, they could leave at any time. Bitter herbs signified the bitterness of slavery. Yes. I mean, if we ate that intentionally, can Uh, you imagine? Yeah. I just love that. I just love that. Wherever people are, there is is, um, Jewish churches that do do Passover meals. There is even Jewish Christian places that do it. Like they're, they're Christians that were once Jewish or what have you. You could look it up. And during during times of the year, they do offer that. And it's very neat to experience. I've just seen it done at a church I worked at, at the Lutheran church. They, oh. they offered it. And they brought the linens and everything. And it's very, not very much food, but to experience was very neat. To, I just watched it. But it was very neat, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just to to do it so they offered it and it would they would come to your church and Mm -hmm. you know you could look into that if that's something you wanted to do that would be neat to to just to see what it was like see yeah yeah it Mm. was very yeah interesting Mm. yeah um and then there was one final note for that section eating the passover feast while dressed for travel was a sign of the hebrews faith Although they were not yet free, they were to prepare themselves, for God had said he would lead them out of Egypt. Their preparation was an act of faith. Preparing ourselves for the fulfillment of God's promises, however unlikely they may seem, demonstrates our faith. Can you imagine they were like probably so ready to go? Yes. And God's telling them, now just just wait, we're going to do this feast, we're going to, you know... I mean, the faith that they had to have. That's right. I just, I just love that. I just. But it's so, it's something because for further down the road in Exodus, remember, just remember this part. And then the behavior later on in Exodus, Exodus. It's like, okay. Yeah. Just remember this. That's (laughs) right. Yes. I know it. Lovely. Now for that section, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I had what, no. I'm good. Okay. So then in Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 13, the Lord said, On that same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. 
The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. For all of the firstborn male everything. Yeah. The animals, animals everything. Remember, we learned that. Mm-hmm. The an- everything. And you know that those mothers, everyone could hear the cries of the ones. <sighs> it had it, to. You had to have heard that. So much sorrow in the air. Yeah. And pain. Mm-hmm. And as a human, you could not have not felt sadness. I mean. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how you wouldn't. Yeah. Have been, you know, have been sad for yeah. the, for the cries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, then in Exodus chapter 12, verses 26 and 27 And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. So he wanted what happened there to be passed along Mm -hmm. generation after generation and not to be forgotten. No, and it hasn't. No. So then at midnight, that's when all all the males were, were struck down. Yep. In the notes, Passover became an annual remembrance of how God delivered the Hebrews from Egypt. Each year, the people would pause to remember the day when the destroyer, God's angel of death. What a way to describe it, the destroyer. I know it. Passed over their homes. They gave thanks to God for saving them from death and bringing them out of a land of slavery and sin. Believers today have experienced a day of deliverance as well. The day we were delivered from spiritual death and slavery to sin. The Lord's Supper is our Passover remembrance of our new life and freedom from sin. The next time struggles and trials come, remember how God has delivered you in the past and focus on his promise of new life with him. That is one of those things where you should always remember that, but it means something a little extra, I think, in times like this. Yes. You know? The next time struggles and trials come, remember how God has delivered you in the past and focus on his promise of new life with him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I had the, every firstborn child of the Egyptians died, but the Israelite children were spared because of the blood of the lamb had been smeared on their door, door frames. So begins the story of redemption the central theme of the Bible. And then it said, redemption means to buy back or to save from captivity by paying a ransom. One way to buy back a slave was to give, was to offer an equivalent or superior slave in exchange. That is the way God chose to buy us back. He offered his son in exchange for us. Redemption. Yeah. Mm. Do you think any of the Hebrews were scared to leave? I'm sure the older ones. Oh. What did you think? Yeah, probably because it was just, I think that's just human nature, yeah. especially as you get older, because yeah. it's like, mm, okay, we'll go, but you, you don't know you what's just, coming. Yeah, you and you're older and you're like... Like even me and my older, you know what I mean. You're as we get older, you know what I mean. You yeah. hate to, you don't like change as much. Yeah, don't you feel that way? No, it's all? true. It's true. 
It's like, no, no it's good. I would think yeah, so bad. I'll just stay here. <laughs> <laughs> I like my little routine or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. As I mentioned before, with the walkingtogetherministries.com, they had this note. We saw in the first half of chapter 12 the, that the Lord established the Passover feast and the Feast of Unleavened Bread as symbolic rituals and reminders of their deliverance from Israel. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was to be observed at the conclusion of the Passover. However, the people were unable to partake, so they took their dough with them to observe it along the way. The absence of leaven speaks of the absence of impurities from the lives of God's people. They are a free people and a people committed to God. Their commitment will not remain pure, but it begins thus. The eating of unleavened bread is an act of consecration and purity. They are now a people set apart, a holy people, called out, redeemed, and delivered. Okay, so now is there anything in verses 1 through 30 that you wanted to talk about? Um, let me see. I'm so sorry my glasses are terrible. No. I'm apologizing here. I do have one more thing. Sure. It said, in the Old Testament times, God accepted symbolic offerings. Jesus had not yet been sacrificed, so God accepted the life of an animal in place of the life of a sinner, of the sinner. When Jesus came, he substituted his perfect life for our sinful lives, taking the penalty for sin that we deserve, for the sin that we deserve. Thus he redeemed us from the power of sin and restored us to God. Jesus' sacrifice was the reality that animal sacrifices were pointing toward, toward. So after Jesus' death and resurrection, there is no longer any need to sacrifice animals. Mm. So we, let's move on to the second half, verses 31 through 51. Now in Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 and 32, During the night Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up! Leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds, as you have said, and go. And also bless me. I wanted to talk about that last little bit. Yeah. And also bless me. Bless him, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I should have looked a little further into that sentence. Yeah. But what do you think about that? It's just like arrogance to me, like. After all this, bless you. All of the chances and yeah. all of the times he could have listened. Now he's like, oh, you, come bless on Bless me. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it was just an arrogance thing? I do. Yeah. We should have looked into it more, I know, but we didn't. I could have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the Israelites took their unleavened dough and also asked the Egyptians for silver, gold, and clothing. As Moses told them in Exodus chapter 3, verse 22. Mm -hmm. I remember that, don't you? Yes. There were almost 600,000 men alone making the journey. Some non-Israelites also made the journey with them. The non-Israelite males had to be circumcised to take part in the Passover celebration. I just didn't think. The Israelites lived in Egypt for 430 years. 430 years that the total number of people leaving Egypt was estimated to have been about 2 million. Can you believe that? 
I mean, can you believe that? I wonder how many Egyptians were there. I know. What was the ratio? I wish I knew. Well, you have to imagine that number grew and grew, you know, of the Israelites. So, mm-hmm. I wonder. I don't know. And then it said the many other people may have been Egyptians and others who were drawn to the Hebrews by God's mighty works and who decided to leave Egypt with them. Yeah. Now, did you have any notes on this section? Not that part, no. Okay, I have one more note. Almighty God knows that when his people become embroiled with people who do not share a common trust with God, the convictions and identity of his people will become diluted. This is why circumcision was necessary for those outside of Israel to partake in the Passover observance. Okay. Mm. But it makes sense because remember oh, yeah. Moses' son, he, remember Zipporah had to do, that. do the circumcision. And then that was brought up way before about the circumcision. Yes. If that had to be done. Yes. And that's all I have for chapter 12. Yes. That's, I think, me too. Um, so yeah, that's why, you know, we wanted to focus just on chapter 12 this time because there was a lot to focus on and understand. Yes, for sure. Yes. So, okay, let's give out a little bit of information. Our email, if you want to contact us, is basicbiblestudy19, the number 19, at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. And then our website is mybasicbiblestudy.com, and you can find all the information on there. Yes. Next time, we are going to be reading Exodus chapters 13 through 18. Okay. We're going to be crossing that sea. Oh, we're, they're headed out. They are. And you know what I always thought when I was little? Huh. Was the bottom of that sea squishy? Because it never saw <laughs> water. I mean, like, was it... it it was always underwater. Like, was it a hard surface? I love that question. Was the bottom of the Red Sea squishy? It, like, it like was it, it should be. It should be because it was it hard surface. No, no. In the Ten Commandments, they walked right across. God must have made it a hard yeah. surface. Yeah. Because otherwise, all their feet would be stuck in yeah. the mud. Yeah. Old people would just be stuck. Yeah. And you know, in that movie with Charles Newton Heston, they they had uh, horses and yeah, but wagons and that's right. <sighs> I think of that all the. T- I think of that often. But then I think divers when they're down there, they're just walking, but they're weightless. Yes, that had to be, on top on top of God. God's like, okay, hold on. Let me make this. Maybe he saw the first people go go across, yeah. and they were stuck in the squish. He's like, "All right, hold on, hold on." So he, he's holding apart the 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 seas. He's like, and then he made like a maybe a nice hard pathway yeah. for them, nice concrete. Yeah. Well, he doesn't make mistakes, so it was no. just fine. No. So there you go. So is there anything else you want to no, talk about? No, that's it. I just hope everybody has a blessed time blessed till we see him again and don't worry
No. Give it to God. Yes. Give it to the Lord. Say, get thee behind me when you let that devil's creeping in. You just say, get thee behind me. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. And we will catch you next time when we talk about Exodus chapters 13 through 18. Yes. Good night. <laughs>